0: And enjoy the podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, as if we've never left, it's the Black Psychologist Podcast, also known as the Eighth Wonder of the World. We appreciate everyone being here because you could be anywhere in the world doing anything, but you're here tuning into us, and we're grateful for that. I am one half of your humble and gracious host Dr. Kyle Osborne he is I and I am him and all of you know I'm never here by myself I'm here with the one and only the best there is the best there was the best there ever will be Dr. Jason Coleman what's going on good brother Man
1: I'm good I'm, I'm blessed man a uh, long weekend off you know just watching some baseball you know the Yankees been disappointing me but you know it's been a it's been a good couple of days so I'm not going to complain. You
0: know, we ben got told you been told you, man, to get on that Phillies train. I didn't told you about that. But, you know, you want to you kind of you going to do con- what you're going to do. But on that, the Mets will take care of y'all. So yeah, I'm
1: not. but,
0: wow. you. you know, <laughs> I'm
1: glad. Um, again, just want to thank everybody who's been on this journey with us, Um, takes the time to listen to the to the episodes. We appreciate it. Appreciate the support. Um, And we got a we got a guest in the house tonight.
0: That's right. Absolutely. Speaking of support right? Because when we go get support, we go get the best there is out there. All right, let me tell you about this. This gentleman, he's intelligent, insightful, and original. He goes above and beyond every time. He is a clinician, therapist, the founder of Next Level Therapy, and one of the stars of the conversation with the Kennys where they talk about love, dating, and everything and all things in between. I give you none other than Dr. L. Wayne Kenny. How are you, sir?
2: I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Both of you, you brothers, for having me. I want to thank the creator for giving us another day. And I'm blessed to be here with you.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We appreciate you being here, taking the time out of your schedule to come hang out with us. Um, I mean, this is just you know, I'm we're beyond, we are beyond words. We really appreciate it. Um, Absolutely. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you and say uh, happy belated Father's Day to you. Uh, how was it for you? How was your Father's Day?
2: Father's Day was great. The kids took me out to a restaurant. You know, as she was there, we just had a ball. You know, I really love children. You know, I started off this journey behind my children. You know, so to see them now as adults is really gratifying to me. Because I've been on a a long, hard journey, this thing called
0: life. You You know, I'm happy you said that, Mr. Kenny, you said the kids took you out and that's the way it's supposed to be. Because for historically, you know, the dads, we don't we don't. It's not as much emphasis and urgency that's put on us when it comes to Father's Day. Right. Like, you know, with the with the moms and I'm I'm not. You know, taking anything away from moms because moms they, they deserve all the attention and all the urgency. Um, because without them, there is nothing. At the same time, you know full well the urgency of getting mom a gift. Um, the restaurants are, are completely booked up. And you know, <laughs> when it comes when it comes to dad, it's like, Oh, you make a reservation, come on down. We got you, we got plenty of space. You know, or they don't know, we get the ties and the power tools that we didn't even need, or you know, all of these Non thought put in kind of gifts, so you know, we're gonna do we're gonna put a, a whole nother episode dedicated to the underlying reasons of that. that that'll that be a you know story <laughs> for a different day, but absolutely, I'm happy to see that they celebrated you and rightfully so. That's what I'm talking about, you know. Jay, how about you? You do anything for uh Papa Coleman?
1: Yeah, of course, man. You know, we always. Get together you know show him you know his respect of course because you know me and my brothers obviously we wouldn't be anywhere you know without my father being a strong example so um always want to give my you know hat hats off to dr coleman you know he's the first one through the door the general um blaze the trail for my whole family um again changed the course of our family in one generation right um so i'ma always be thankful for his example um and the fact that i still got him so you know appreciate you know my pops and and what about you how how was your uh, father's day
0: it was cool um we uh my daughter and I we went and uh, shot 18 we went to the went to the golf course she's um she oh, got it, she's yeah it? she she's been interested in um in golf so originally it was supposed to be um my daughter and my dad and I cuz my dad he's played golf for years um oh. and so um she Has been starting to gain some interest and wanting to learn how to play golf. And so I felt like it would be a cool thing for all three of us to do it. Um, Unfortunately, he got called away on a um, last minute assignment. So he had to work. So she and I still pressed forward. We went to go play. Um, and she just um as I told you that we've talked before, she got an internship with Lincoln Financial this year. Um, so she's home for the summer and she's working with them. So she's entering like the world of business and even more so, a better reason to learn how to play golf. Because as we know, networking takes place on the golf course. So um, so yeah, we went out there. Um, it was her first time playing golf and being out there on the course. Um, and it it was evident for both of us. Uh, we're both pretty terrible at it. Uh, but it was something that even as we were going new, it was fun. We were struggling. It's a very humbling experience, but it was a great day for it. We have fun. Uh, we're absolutely going to move forward with getting some lessons and, and becoming better. And uh, nah, it was a cool day. We went and saw um, the Spider-Man into the Spider-Universe, too. We saw that afterwards uh, and uh, got something to eat when we got home. So it was pretty cool. Pretty cool day. All you know, right, she well- said she. She said she has me two years from now. She said she's using the uh, I'm a broke college kid. So I got you two or three years from now with a gift Dad. I got you. (laughs) I'm running out on that one. Absolutely. But it was cool, though. I appreciate you guys asking. Happy that everything went well with you and and, and your family members. Uh, Mr. Kenny, you mentioned your journey, right? Share with us. Your journey into the mental health field like what inspired you to get in this field and to want to help people what and what got you to this point?
2: Absolutely. So mine is more of a trilogy. I started off I wanted to be military. I went into the military right out of high school. I had a scholarship to play basketball, but I was 250 busy and women and, and doing the wrong thing. So I went on into the military. And then after the military, I was the police. I was, there. I was blessed to be the police for 10 years. And then drugs and alcohol took away that career, you know. And I stopped doing drugs and alcohol. And when I stopped doing drugs and alcohol, I was uh, about 32. And my wife left me. She left me with three kids, no car, no house. I was homeless. You know, for two years, I was on welfare, number eight. I still remember my number. You know, it was really hard, you know. And that was the beginning of my transformation. Once I stopped doing drugs and alcohol, my first job was sanitation. I did sanitation for five years. And then I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I asked God, this is real deep story. God told me to quit the job. Now, at the time, I was running, I was doing that, and I was also running a 12. It was the biggest strip club in Philadelphia. I was running a club, and I was doing sanitation, and God said, quit both of them. And I said, quit both of them. And he said, yeah, quit both of them. So I quit both of them jobs. True story. I quit their job on a Friday. And that Monday, the guy that took my place put a piece of metal in the, in the back of the truck, and it swung around and hit him upside the head and killed him. That was the day after I had retired. I mean, quit. Wow. And I asked God, I found out like a week later he had got killed. And I asked God, I said, what do you want me to do? And he said, mental health. And I took a job at Gerard Hospital. That was my first job in mental health. And I worked at Gerard Hospital for a while. And then I went from hospital to, hospital to Einstein. I became a supervisor at Einstein Hospital. Once I came to Super and I at house Hospital, I got really comfortable. That's where I met my wife, Mildred. We met in the crisis. And they had me trained. I said, you sound like you're from down south. She said, I am. I'm from Wilson, North Carolina. I said, you can't be. She said, why? I said, because I'm from Wilson, North Carolina, and I don't know you. I said, who do you know? She said, my uncle let I said, wife ain't married. She said, it is. I said, you got a boyfriend? She said, yeah. I said, when you're ready for a man, get rid of him and come see I said, I'm
0: talking. <laughs> Six Look at months this. later. Those, those are those gems he'd be dropping on the conversation with the kennedy, yo.
2: Six months later, she dropped her boyfriend, went out for 90 days and got married. That was 23 years ago. We went to Vegas for our anniversary last week. Wow. 23 years ago. The problem with relationships is not picking the wrong person. The problem with relationships is not knowing yourself. You have to know yourself. Once you know yourself, then you'll know what you want. You'll know what you can handle and you know what, you know, who's right for you. But we'll get back to that later. So I'm at Einstein Hospital. I'm a supervisor. I've been there about 13 years. And God tells me, because God talks to me, he said, go back to school. And I didn't want to go back to school. I went back to school. I was 48 years old. And and I had been going to school off and on, you know, most of my life. So I got my master's. I was 50. I didn't get my doctor until I was in my 50s. And that was my trilogy to get to this level. Once I started my own practice, though, you know, everything took off. As you all know, COVID, you know, supercharged everything and took everything to another level. And I, I started doing that full time after that. So I'm a late bloomer in this. But mental health has been my 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 calling. Like, I didn't know when I was a policeman, I was actually doing mental health. Because that's what you really do as a policeman. You counsel people. Right. You know, I didn't know when I was at the hospital, they had me doing groups. They had me doing therapy. They was training me for, God was having me train for what he was going to have me later do in life. And I really appreciate it. I looked, when you look back in retrospect, you can see how God orchestrated everything. That's why you got to give them all the glory. And I'm not talking about religion because I don't need religion. I'm an omnis, omnist, O-M-N-I-E-S-T. An believes that all religions have merit. They just don't follow it. You know what I mean? So that's my, my journey to my mental health, you know, career. And I've been blessed and, and honored to be able to help, you know, couples mostly. I mean, I see a lot of people. But I, I did my thesis on African-American marriage because I believe that we struggle with marriage back to what I said about. Not knowing yourself as a man, like man stands for meets all needs, boy stands for burden on you. You know, most women never met a man because they've had a burden on them. Somebody had to move in their house, drive their car, eat their kids' food. Kid just got used to juice drinking Sam, God, now here's no cereal eating Mike. You know what I mean? Come on with
0: that. You know what I
2: mean? <laughs> <laughs> Come on.
0: Boy, <laughs> well, it's cooking. This is what I'm talking about. This, Listen,
2: tell you, This, this is all reality. See the day they did the sugar coat plans, I wasn't there because I didn't sugar coat it for you. It's called reality. Most women have never met a real man. A real man takes care of all your needs. When I met my wife, I said I don't poop, I don't clean, I don't do none of that stuff. She said, "What do you do?" I said, "I pay all the bills, yours and mine." Can you handle it? She said, "Absolutely." Uh, Absolutely.
1: Winner to me. I, I, I think I think that's a good. And see, I like I, I wanted to listen to what you were saying because i agree with a lot of what you're saying in terms of the relationship you know wholeheartedly um and i kind of i have a statement and kind of a question because the one thing i hear and what mr kenny is saying is like knowing yourself right like knowing your own needs right um also knowing what you can provide to a relationship right um because again the first part of what he said right we live in a modern society right so you can see a lot of people pushing back on the first part of what he said. He said, I don't cook, I don't clean, there's certain things I don't do, right? And I'm I'm not putting words in his mouth, but if I said that, my expectation is like, well, these are the things that I'm expecting or want in a mate, right? But he's also putting on the table what he brings, right? And what he will provide. Um, and, there, and the ideal mate or an ideal mate, if it was myself, you know, would bring those other things, right? And I think a lot of times, specifically when we talk about relationships and specifically when we talk about like people of color mm-hmm. right we do a real good job right um and now i'm talking about myself we do a real good job at saying you know either what the other person is not bringing or what we demand right but what we don't do a good job of is having insight as to what we bring right whether that be good and bad to the table and our deficits and i think culturally that's what leaves us lost in relationships, right? Because you have people that have expectations, right? That don't necessarily match either what they bring in a relationship or they're picking partners who could never meet those expectations. Right. Um, so I think, again, that's why I think therapy is very important before you enter, like a marriage. Right. Um, you know, um, because again, there's a lot, I think in, in in what Mr. Kenny said, like, you know, like that, it, it, it 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 was a it's a short concise statement, but I think there was a lot in there. You know what I mean. So that I just wanted to jump in there and say that because that that that's kind of and, and just kind of branch off off that because that's what I think that's one of our main challenges when it comes to relationships.
0: Have Have you noticed, Mister Kenny, um, that especially in your experience when you're counseling couples, have you experienced or seen that you have possibly couples or maybe somebody within in the relationship that's kind of constantly comparing themselves to maybe like another relationship whether it might be their parents relationship or it might be their siblings relationship or their friends' relationship where they're constantly kind of utilizing that as like a reference order they're, they're like they're basing it as that's what a relationship is supposed to be have you seen that
2: Absolutely. Now, that's a good, I'm glad you brought that up. Everybody has an idea of what a husband should be and what a wife should be. So when I'm counseling couples, I want to know what your your view, young lady, of what is a husband? I want to know what his view of what is a wife. And normally, like you said, it comes from their parenting, it comes from the father, strong father at home for her, strong mother at home for him. And uh, for example, uh, a wife, for me, is to do those things, talk clean, raise the kids, all that kind of stuff. But I'm old school. You got to remember that. I come from before color TV. I'm dating myself. There were not no color TV and there wasn't no computers. It wasn't no cell phones. It wasn't all that. It was actual people interacting with each other. Now, back in the 60s, women mostly stayed home because the bills weren't that much. Your mortgage might have been $40 or $80. You know, that was your mortgage back in the late 60s. But inflation hit. In the 70s, when Ronald Reagan was in there and everything and that's when women went to work. And that's when the equity started being different, right? Now the women have to work and they were expected to still do the old school stuff, which is, you know, clean, and all like that. And that's when they started talking about women's led, we want men to do this and that third, I get that. When I met women, like I said, I could introduce myself, you know, I'm Wayne. I don't cook, I don't clean. And women would tell me, I don't want you, you don't cook, you don't clean, I don't want to be with you, you know, and that's fine. But I gave you a choice, that's my point. Knowing who I am, I give you a choice. You can make a conscious choice of what you want. Most men don't know what they want or who they are. They can't stand toes to the ground. On who they are, they've never been raised to to open the doors. They've never been raised to pay the bills. They've never been raised to do these things. I didn't learn these things from at home. I didn't have a. My father never lived with my mother. My stepfather was at home, so I had to learn how to be a man on my own. I had to learn the hard way. Everything I learned, I learned the hard way. But to me, man stands for meets all needs once again. I need to meet all the needs of a woman. A woman needs to be met on three levels. She needs to be met emotionally, she needs to be met physically, and she needs to be met financially. For making her feel safe in those three areas should give you the one thing that men need, which is respect. All men need is respect. If you have any problems with a woman, it's because she's not respected. And the only reason she doesn't respect you is she doesn't feel safe. I check in with my wife, regularly to make sure she feels safe to make sure she's physical needs is taken care of, her her spiritual needs is taken care of, her financial needs is taken care of. That's what a real man does. And I don't want to keep harping on that, but a boy burden on you is a burden. He's not going to take care of you mentally. He's not, he's going to be, you're going to wonder where he's at. You're going to be wonder what he's doing. The bills aren't going to be paid. You're going to wonder how the bills are going to be paid. How could you possibly be safe in those scenarios? but you married him knowing these things. See, I'm not gonna let you walk the hook with it. You married him knowing that he wasn't paying the bill. You married him knowing that he had a drinking problem. You married him knowing. Women take red flags and make heart centers.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's the issue. It's like, it's not even one or two red flags. It's like, they it, it, it turns into a collection, right? It turns into a collection and something that you said earlier is like you said, is that reference, right? Where you're constantly comparing what you think is a healthy relationship or what a relationship is supposed to look like. Like it's always been, I feel like, and I've told, you know, clients that it's hard to see, you know, your version or what you're going to struggle, right? You're going to struggle with whatever that version of success or whatever the relationship, if you're continuing to live based off of somebody else is reality, like everybody's situation is different. Everybody's journey is different. And It's on the job training. Like you learning how to be a provider, how to be a man is on the job training. Even if you have, you come from a two parent household and you're getting those lessons, it's still going to be different. Like you're growing up in a completely different era than your parents. So the circumstances are different, the variables are different, the resources are different. Still, like you mentioned, a lot of people will all right, well, this is what my mom said, or this is what they did then, or this is what my friends are doing. They're doing X, Y, and Z. And then you're just going to continue to struggle because that's not your situation. It's that self-awareness that I think you were talking about earlier.
2: That's right. And and, and relationships really aren't hard. The man takes care of the woman, the woman takes care of the man. They real complicated. The problem is when you don't know yourself, you don't know how to take care of somebody because you're not taking care of yourself. Most relationships we see now are two people struggling for their identities in the relationship. I need you to be where I want you to be. I need you to be what I want you to be. And neither one of us fulfilling that. So then they come to therapy thinking that we can fix it. I can't fix something that I didn't break. What I can do is show you how to fix it. I can help you fix it. But most people really aren't willing to fix it. Most people come to therapy just to prove the other person's wrong. They want him to be wrong or her to be wrong. That's why they came to therapy because he's wrong. He's doing this and that. that. She's wrong. She's doing this and that. And And they want you to take sides. I know y'all have the same thing. They want you to take a side. I don't take sides. Both of y'all will wrong. Both of y'all created this problem. Both of y'all created this scenario. So there's something for each one of you to do to get back to where we need to be. And
1: I'm sure you've seen that also. I've, I've definitely seen that, um, when meeting with couples, um, another issue I've, I've I've heard both of you kind of bring up, um, and I wanted to get both of your opinions on it is from a male perspective, right. Um, staying focused, right. Um, especially when we talk about social media, you know, men, I'm not going to say all men, you know, we're, we're not, you know, necessarily, you know, all like monolithic, you know, but, you know, there are some generalities, right? So men are are visual, um, you know, so in terms of this whole 80, 20 thing, and, you know, like people's attention strand and kind of knowing, keeping your focus on your relationship so so that you can adequately meet the needs of your partner, right? Um, I get a lot of questions from men about that, right? Um, because again, like, when we talk about groups, when we do have like confidentiality, when the space is safe, you know, I do have men asking me questions that are fairly simple, but things that, you know, they we go through, right? So I'm in a relationship, you know, I, I appreciate my, you know, my significant other, but how do I know this is the one, right? Or, you know, I'm still attracted to other other people, right? So again, we're talking about needs, right? And I've seen a lot of men ruin their relationships you know, kind of prioritizing things that aren't necessarily needs, right? Um, so I want to know what you guys' opinions are on that, whether you see that either in practice or in your day-to-day lives, and like what's kind of advice that that you two might give people to deal with, because um, whether it's personal and just, you know, like family-related or friends, you know, I get those questions. Like, yeah, you know, um, is that 80-20 a real thing, you know? And you know how do how do we how do we manage it if you're gonna be a productive husband or father or just a productive partner right well
2: that's a good question and people always asking about the 80 20 and that's just a, a rubric that people use just in generalities but in any relationship sometimes it's gonna be 80 20 70 30 90 90 10 99 one you know what i mean it depends on what day it is You know what I mean? That rubric can change. So I don't go off that. That goes back to knowing yourself again. If you still want to mess around with other people, then you got to know yourself well enough to know that that might not be something you're willing to get. And if it's not, then be honest with them because we live in a world, man, with open marriages. I've got uh, uh, poly couples I've seen. You know, the thing is about being honest and the honesty piece, you know, but it depends. It's an age group then too my age group probably doesn't believe in honesty as much as your age group because my age group is for to, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. That's my
1: age. That's a real interesting point too, because I'm starting to see like a lot more couples that are interested and exploring like, you know, polyamory. I hope I'm using the term right. Um, and just kind of alternative relationship styles. Um, you know, so I it it it, def- it definitely seems like it goes right along with a lot of things that kind of people that are I don't know I don't want to s- want to just pick a number but younger people maybe forty five and under I guess is a general line um just more comfortable I guess with same sex relationships discussing their sexuality exploring it publicly um so I think that's a good you know uh, that that is a good piece of advice just in terms of you know, having that safe space and, and being honest with yourself first and foremost, right? So that does kind of go back to knowing your own needs and your and yourself.
0: Yeah. yeah I mean, and also to echo a couple of things that you mentioned, uh, Mr. Kenny, is also a- acknowledging, right? Like, I think we have to be realistic with ourselves as, I'm just going to speak as generally as men, like just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean that you're not going to be attracted to other women, right? There. There's not a. It's not a situation where we can just all of a sudden code switch because you're in a relationship that you care about, that you want to work, and you're putting the work in, and you're invested in. It doesn't mean that you see somebody attractive walking down the street and all of a sudden you're blind to that, right? Right. Like that. That's unrealistic. I've, you know, recommended like acknowledging and, and practice some acceptance, like yo, you're still going to be attracted to whatever you're attracted to, even though you're in a relationship. The biggest difference is how do you manage that, right? When you're young, a lot of times we're acting on impulse, right? We're just kind of, we're not in that place where we're really understanding the foresight or we have that long-term thinking of, okay, if I go ahead, even though I'm in a relationship and I go ahead and I act on this, what's going to be The devastating impact, right? What's going to be, how is it going to impact everything at home? I think when you get a little older and Mr. Kenny, you mentioned it, um, you make all sorts of mistakes in the, when you're young in the past, right? When You're making these mistakes and then you realize the consequences. It doesn't just affect the relationship, but then it affects other different aspects of your life. Right. You get to see how it affects your kids. You get to see how it affects your job, your income, all these other different things. But you weren't thinking about that when you were younger because you were just thinking about trying to get it in. Now you're older, you're wiser. And it's like, okay, even though I'm attracted, am I still going to act impulsively and do this act? That could completely jeopardize everything that you've worked hard for, everything that you've invested, everything, not just the relationship, but everything, like you said. Because now, th- like we both we all know that a relationship is a system, right? When you have a family, it's a system. Now, when one part of that system gets affected, everything else is gonna start crumbling down. So now, as you get older, it's almost like, oh, do I I'm, am I? In a position or do I even want to risk that just because I saw somebody attractive walking down the street or I work with this person or whatever the case may be, you just I think you start making wiser decisions because one, you've experienced it. And then two, you're looking, you're 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 looking at it through a, a different lens now, right? It's a more mature lens, it's more of a long-term thinking as opposed to let me just do this and I'll just deal with the fallout later on. Um, and I think that acknowledging is like, okay, like you're still gonna be attracted to people, nothing's gonna change that. But it's just more of the acting aspect that I feel like changes in our decision making. Jay, like we've talked about that on previous episode. The biggest thing it comes down to is better decision making. When you're making healthier or wiser decisions then things typically work out a lot better for you.
2: Absolutely. 70, 80 percent of uh, infidelity normally happens on people's jobs, you know, because those are the people you're in close proximity with. And you start getting an attraction to them just from familiarity, being around. You've been around this girl for six years. She's always been cute. And, and like, you've always flirted with her, whatever. You know what I mean? You didn't mean no her But now it's not going good. And this woman said, man, look, if you was mine, you wouldn't have to go through all that. You know what I mean? Why don't you come over for dinner tonight? You know what I mean? And then you instantly go over there for dinner or whatever. You know what I mean? And then something happens. And then here you go. Like you said, it wasn't even about an impulse. It was about not being aware of who you were. That goes back to you got to know who you are. Mm-hmm. I ain't going over to, go to my house after 8 o'clock that night. You know what I mean? To eat dinner. You know what I no. mean? That's not going to happen to me. Because not because I would do something, but because I don't want even the appropriateness. I mean, the inappropriateness. Of that scenario of anything I couldn't tell my wife. But I've yet to have, and maybe y'all tell me something different, but I've yet to have any woman come to me and tell me, you know, my man treats me like a queen, he pays all the bills, he takes care of me, but he's cheating and I'm leaving. I ain't never heard a woman say that. I hear him say he's cheating and he treat me like a dog and I'm leaving. But my, my point is. You know, when you're treating somebody, right, a lot of times I'm just saying what I've seen in women, they're more tolerant than people. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? But that's up yeah. to the individual.
0: It's it's interesting. You mentioned it earlier, right? Like it's a sliding scale, that whole 80-20 thing. Cause I I subscribe to the notion that in any relationship like you mentioned based on the circumstances or the day or what's going on in the situation it's gonna i don't know if it's ever gonna be even There are gonna be situation where it's 60 40 you know 30 70 on on going each way right depending on what's going on in the relationship like you might be carrying it 70 one time and they're gonna be 30 situations pop up emergencies whatever the case may be i always felt like it was interesting especially now that the, the introduction of the um of these open relationships has come into play and is being more widely accepted. Um, it's always interesting of who initiates it for the reason that I, it, it appears that it's the expectation, right? So typically like if it's a guy that's like, Oh, I want to, you know, let's do an open relationship. It's because he's already thinking about, it cause he wants to step out, but he wants his cake and he wants to eat it too. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, well I'm getting interest from whomever or wherever. And I want to, Still hold on to my my home piece situation, and then it's like, you know what? If I get permission from her, then that makes it cool because I think I'm gonna be having all this activity. But then it turns out not to be the other way because guys aren't thinking about the other side, right? They're not thinking about how, like, oh well, if it's open, it goes both ways, and a lot of guys can't handle that. Oh, you see that? It? and it's and it's much easier for women. let we're having a real conversation. It's way more easier for them to get numbers and do whatever if it's open than it is for us and guys. And then as soon as that comes to play, then it's like, Oh, you see the, Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And then the relationship and things get off. So it's always interesting to see who introduces that open concept, because most likely that's the person that's already expecting or anticipating, you know, more things and and trying to enjoy it, but to still hold on to their home situation. I,
1: see, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I agree too. And I, I see that situation happening mo- most often like if we're talking about an open situation like where two people meet and set that boundary from the beginning rather than like you you're in a relationship that's your girl that's your wife for five years and y'all wake up and you're like well you know what we're gonna we're gonna go to a swingers club tonight like it's that i mean i get what you, i get what you saying. like that is probably one person maybe trying to push that lifestyle introduce it but uh, what i think is probably more common you know would be two like-minded people kind of setting that boundary from the beginning. You know what I mean? Uh, but, because again, that's comes down to knowing your own needs. Right. Um, and if you know, you that type of person and that's the type of boundary you're going to have to accept that and set that boundary. Mm-hmm. Right. Find a, a person that matches that, you know, um, in terms of that type of appetite, but you know, that's just Mr. how I.
0: Mr. Kenny, let me ask you this. What are some of the like common mistakes that you see people make like during dating, like that you that you've seen in your experience that have come into you know your office or even like personally? What are some of the common mistakes that you've seen folks that are dating that they make?
2: Well, the the biggest mistake people make is believing in this boyfriend girlfriend scenario. There's no such a thing as boyfriend girlfriend. I'm actually writing a book on it. Boyfriend girlfriend myth has to be dispelled. If a man doesn't put a ring on your finger, you are single. If a man is not married, he is single. I remember when I was young and uh, uh, I was sitting with this old head, and, and this girl, the guy came up and said, This is my fiance. And I didn't know what fiance was. And when the guy left, the old head turned to me and said, You know what fiance mean? I said, No, what do you mean? I mean, he ain't married. She ain't married yet. I still got a shot. <laughs> and it tickled me at the time. You know what I mean? But I realized that that's reality. If she's Mm -hmm. not married, she's not married. The only thing, like like when I met my wife, she had a boyfriend. And I told her get rid of the boyfriend if you want a man. Because boy, wording on you, that's a boy. He does not want to step up to the plate to marry you because he doesn't know who he is. yet, So he's not comfortable with marrying you. So they'll string you up. And I'm sure both of y'all can attest to this, that you've met people that have been engaged for five and ten years. They've been engaged for five and 10 years. that right. boyfriend, girlfriend. They've been engaged for five and 10 years. And they make up all these excuses about why they didn't marry her. They just stringing her on along. And I just, it's just so sad. Same thing with a boy. I got, I haven't talked to a lady today. She's been this guy's girlfriend for 12 years. His girlfriend for 12 years. She's now almost 50. And she's still getting stronger. He's still talking about he might marry her one day. You know, and it just saddens me, but that's just how it is, you know? So the biggest thing is to know who you are. Don't give anybody exclusivity to you without a ring. Beyonce had it right. Should have put a ring on it. You know what I mean? If that's what you wanted. You know what I mean? But marriage now, let's go back to the age thing. Now, if I'm 35 years old, there's no way in the world I'm getting married in the world I live in today. That that would be ludicrous. Y'all got so much... System, social
0: media.
2: Yeah. And I can be people all over this country on the there. And
0: it's, it's wild. Yeah. The yeah, a lot of a lot of resources and options. I'll Maybe. be an
2: example. When I was single, I, I was single at 36. I said to myself, so why are you with a girlfriend when you can have them all? And I said, you know what? I'm not gonna do that. So when I would be the woman, I say, look, we can go out, we can have a good time, but I can't be your boyfriend, your man, not like that. You can go out with whoever you want to. You know, and you don't have to get me sex. You know, I'm telling her, because I have plenty people to do that, so I'm not concerned. I just wanted to get the note. And for six years, I just went out with women and enjoyed my life. I mean, I had three nice women when I met my wife. You know, and the only reason I did it was her. Is at 35, I made a prayer. I said, God, I said, I'm not gonna have another girlfriend. You're gonna sit till you send me a wife, and for me to know she's from you, you're gonna have to tell me. That's what I said. When my wife walked past me, true story, the Holy Spirit said, that's going to be your wife. I said, Dumb, I don't even know that one. I didn't speak to it nothing. I wouldn't have nothing to do with it at that. Day. And the next day, I met her. You know what I mean? Like I said, six months later, we went out for 90 days, got married. And that was 23 years ago. But my point is, I knew who I was. We are in a different age. When I was 42 years old. I had been, had all the fun I wanted to have. I've been playing all I wanted to play. Now I'm serious about my life, about building. You know, I tell you, the first 40 years of childhood is the hardest. You know what I mean? That's how you learn how to be a man in the first 40 years. You know, when I mean? you hit 40, you're supposed to know something. You're supposed to step up to the plate at 40 and do something different. Now, if I'm 30 something years old, no, I'm not, I'm not going to subscribe to religion. I'm not going to subscribe to marriage. I'm not going to subscribe to none of that. Because I can have it all. Why would I take some of it when I can have it all? That doesn't make sense to me. But my age group is different. My age group don't want it all. We want quiet. I want to come home. I want a nice meal. All I want is peace and quiet and the travel. I love the travel. We travel all over. We're going to Egypt soon. You know, and that's what I want. I mean, everybody should get what they want out of life, but you got to know what you want to get what you want. Most black men don't even know what they want. They don't know. They still don't. They're 50, 60 years old. Still don't know what they want. Still, still stuck in the bottle, Still stuck on the dead end job. Still stuck. Not wanting, not knowing that they should have had a better life, you know. And if you don't know that you can do better, if you don't have any mentors, black men need mentors. I mentor young men now. I, I would love to mentor some people to be therapists. You know, there's not enough. You know, I don't even have time. I do I'm sure y'all are the same way. You don't have to see There's no black men therapists, and that's ludicrous because we're the main people that need it but we've been taught at an early age that we don't need therapy. You weak. If you need therapy, I'm not crazy. Why would I go see some? You know what I mean? So it's, it's different. Y'all live in a different world than I came. I, be-
0: I believe um, it's a combination of absolutely the resources, right? Like you have just a plethora of resources. You don't have, it's no longer you have to meet somebody in person Everything, or at least the majority, is it could be done online. It could be through an app. It could be through whatever the circumstances are, but digital. And in addition to those additional resu- um, those resources, there's also the the self judgment. Everyone is worried about what this will make me look like, what it you know, what it sounds like, all this other different. Um, I'm worried about what people think. I'm worried about perception. Well, perception is reality, and that's not. You know, I can't tell you how many clients I've said. No, perception is not reality. Reality is reality. And it's if they take that approach that you mentioned of being honest, if you're like, hey, you know what? I'm 25, I'm 35, I'm in my 30s. Listen, I'm just working and I want to have some fun. So I want to that's okay, right? It's okay to acknowledge that and say, hey, you know, I'm not making myself exclusive to anyone, whether you're male or female. I'm not making myself exclusive. I'm out here to have a good time. I'm focusing on this and I just want to kind of date around. I want to do this. I'm not looking for a relationship. And if you, if you're honest, like you mentioned, you're, you're, you're giving the other person the choice, right? They can either go along with that or they won't go along with it, but either way, you've given them a choice. You've been upfront with them. And it's also, you don't, even though you don't want to be in a relationship, you Put yourself in a relationship because of, well, I don't want to look like I'm this I'm just whoring around. I don't want to look like I'm this I'm this dude that, you know, just popping everything in the neighborhood. Like, no, you're being honest. Like, I'm I don't want that right now. Like you said, if I want to be in a situation where I want to have it all and not be boggled down, people get very consumed about what it looks like perception. I don't want to look like this. I don't want my opinion to be of that. So they might put themselves in a relationship that they don't really want to be in. And then once they're in the relationship but they still want to do their thing, now they're engaging in other different types of unhealthy and toxic behavior, which then has an impact on the relationship. And then it just kind of domino effects from there. So if you're honest about what that's where you are in life and not worried about what people are going to think of you or your opinion, you're in a better position to kind of go forward and then You know, you're just focusing on yourself. But,
1: bro, I, I think you're right. But the times that we're in makes it very difficult, right? Because if we look at a lot of our interactions are built around social media, right? And it's almost like you have to be very internally insecure. You have to have a very strong foundation to literally not worry about what anybody's thinking nowadays. It's literally the reverse. Most people think everything they they do is based on what other people think. Mm -hmm. You got people that are in therapy that are kids because they don't get enough likes or they don't get enough attention on social media. That's their perception, right? The reality could be everybody could be looking at their Facebook, Instagram photos and just not liking it, right? But the perception is that nobody is looking, so I'm not important. And And I think it trickles over into our relationships and culture comes in the room. Right, like we're, we're three black men talking, so we can talk about culture and it's specifically our culture. We can get general and then specific. In general, I think we're in a microwave culture, right? So everybody wants something fast and nobody wants to wait to have it bake in the oven, right? So, in generalities, right? Social media. So, men want an Instagram model and women want a millionaire, right? And don't nobody want to do all of those other things there's there's a lot of room in between that right and we don't have we don't give each other time to grow right everybody wants to jet set everybody wants to project a certain lifestyle so i also think that there's a lot of like missing going on right because if you are a person that goes from you know somebody from humble beginnings and then you make yourself into somebody that's successful and attractive, right? You ain't necessarily looking for nobody that has all of the values and maybe can meet all your needs, right? Because the perception part and the social media part makes you feel like you deserve something else. And that goes for men and women. I think that's a big problem of relationships that a lot of people don't talk about, right? It's like some people, a lot of people look at themselves like, I am this, and I deserve this, right? And, and the minute you do that, right, you might have had hundreds of people, you know what I mean, who could meet your needs perfectly that you have already kind of priced out. You understand? Um, and I and I think social media contributes to that, right? Because you have men, you know, who are every day working and they're working right to put themselves in a position to get what, what they see on social media, right? And on the other side, you got women working to put themselves in a position to get what they want. Now, what perception, what people think they want, isn't necessarily what they need and what not necessarily what's going to make them feel good and meet their needs, right? But we've kind of tricked ourselves into thinking that everybody got to be Jay-Z and Beyonce. Everybody got to be Offset and Cardi B, right? everybody got to be Diddy and whoever he went for the week right um and I think that we we're we not even comfortable being regular people anymore and I think that's an issue with relationships especially an issue within our own culture and it's something that people never talk about right but I think it's a it's a it's a major problem you know you hit it dead on the head. social media
2: is is the demon of your generation you know what I mean? Mm. Like, my generation, we don't really believe in social media. I don't have a social media presence. I I'm going to get one because of business purposes. But I don't have an Instagram that I would show anything. I don't have a Facebook where I would show anything. And if I was if I was single at my age, I would be on social media because I know that's the first place a woman going to go you, Your social media to see what you up to. So, that would make sense to me. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have a social media presence except for business-wise because people go on social media, like you said, to get likes and to get patted on the back and to get all this ordulation. But if you can't give yourself ordulation, social media really ain't going to help. It's going to actually destroy you because without that, you'll feel like that you're a failure. Or if somebody comments something negative, then you lose your mind, you know? (laughs) Like I gave that with Zion Williams. If he wasn't on social media, that woman wouldn't have knew he had a baby. That woman right. wouldn't know what he was up to. Nobody would know nothing. And he'd still be the high esteemed NBA player because nobody would have knew anything. But because of social media, you get demonized because everybody knows your business. Right. You look on my Instagram, you'll see nothing quotes. You look on my Facebook, it's not, not one picture of nobody. I don't need no likes because I my likes myself. I don't need no ordination because I articulate myself. I don't need no pats on the back or my hand can reach back here. I don't need to tell nobody I'm in Europe or Africa or nothing. I don't need anybody to see my cars, my trips, my jewels, my nothing. So, I mean, my generation thinks differently. You know, we got a generation that's, that's Facebook famous and Instagram famous and in real life, they ain't doing nothing. They're bumps. But they just show stuff on Instagram and Facebook and people think there's somebody can get with them because they think they somebody. Oh, no, that's not gonna work for me. You don't need to know who I am. You don't need to know. I don't ever tell a woman my that, I'm a teacher. Cause once you tell my doctor, they're trying to get you. You don't know. If you tell a woman your doctor, that oh man, I get me. I'll give me a Gucci bag or something. You know what I mean? I'm gonna be your oh, side yeah. chick. You know, women will tell you, look, I'll be your side chick. You know, hey, listen, I appreciate the offer, but thank you. <laughs>
0: Uh, It's the view. This is the view me generation. Unfortunately, I think, you know, Jay and I, um, you know, there's some similarity in that. We as far as like finishing like our doctoral program, we were absolutely like on the older end of our of our cohort, right? We have worked, went through school, all the different things, but we were absolutely one of the older um, members of our cohort. Um, And I think even us just being in that age bracket, I guess we're considered millennials, I guess, Jay, that that where we are, I think.
1: I, like just, I just made it with the last year so I don't
0: okay. I mean, all right. So you just made the cut all right cool just, just so I the- feel like it's w- i I always tell people I love the generation that I'm in for the reason that we've been able to actually live and witness the evolution right with I'm I still remember VHS I remember cassette tapes I remember then it turned into DVDs and it turned into the digital all these things. So we grew up or the like the majority of like our childhood, we did the, the cell phones weren't there. So we kind of saw it evolve and then we kind of matured with it and were able to kind of adapt to it. So we're absolutely still technology inclined. But it's also a sense of outside of like not outside of work. Like I don't I'm not glued to my phone, right? Like it's not essential. We don't subscribe to. Well, if I don't post it, I wasn't there. Like this generation, or like my daughter's generation, that's it. Like she can't go anywhere without the phone. Like it's like the she will be on the phone until it dies, and then she'll plug it in, and she's gonna be on the phone while it's charging. You <laughs> see I me? Mean? Like if that's what they grew up, it's almost innate for them. Unfortunately, like this is the view me fit, uh generation where everything goes through that. Like I, I'm happy that I you know, arrived during this time period for the reason that we have a point of reference. Like I've we've been able to exist without depending on the phone. But absolutely, that kind of goes back to our original point is that a lot of individuals are basing their success, their relationship on others, right? What they see on social media, oh, this is what's being posted. I got to get to that, right? Like you have people saying, oh, well, you know what? If you're not in Vegas during this weekend, if your man ain't flying you out to Vegas, then you your man is a bum. You're such and such and such and such. And you have individuals that will subscribe to that. If you're not <laughs> flying me out to such and such during, you know what I mean, during the tank fight weekend to Vegas, like, oh no, nah, you your man is this, or is your girl ain't doing such and such. This is this is their point of reference. This is where they're subscribing. This is where they're saying they're basing their relationship successes. And so now they're not even in a place where they can feel that they can be honest. And then everything, like you mentioned, is being all of the events, everything is being put into Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, whatever the situation is. And it has to be in there because they don't know any other way than to kind of do it. They have to get, like you said, that validation. They have to get that support. They have to get that acceptance from individuals they don't even know. In order for them to go forward with it,
2: I got couples breaking up because the man won't stop following Megan the Stallion. The 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 uh the uh the wife won't get off of somebody's uh Facebook, keep liking this guy's Facebook. You know, um, there's a thing called digital addiction now, and they're trying to put. I think they might be trying to put it on DSM. And digital addiction, it's a show called Digital Addiction. It's on cable. It's on A and E. Oh my goodness! It's it's just blew my mind. This lady was so hooked on Instagram and Facebook, she quit a job just so she could be on Instagram and Facebook. Or her husband left her; he, she didn't even notice he left.
1: Oh and wow!
2: Little boy was so hooked on his video game. They tried to take it from him. He assaulted them physically. Assaulted his parents. You know what I mean? It's a whole new generation of digital addicted people. You know, psychology teaches you that people to be on their phone three hours and more have depression, problem most of the time. You know, it's just just out of control. You know what I mean? And that's why I don't subscribe to social media. I need to get more business with it, but Mm -hmm. I don't subscribe to my personal stuff on social media. I don't want people knowing my business. I'm sorry. I'm weird like that. You know, I'm a boomer. I don't don't need nobody to know what I'm doing. I don't need them to know I'm not home. I don't need to know about it. Mr. see what kind of car drops? So five B.
1: No, we needed you a couple of months ago when we had a, a conversation, an interesting conversation with Ashley about some of the reasons why men don't post as much on social media or don't post their significant other. That would have that would have been a good conversation for you to be a I part know. of. She's afraid
2: to post on social media. I
1: right. just
2: had that conversation yesterday. She is just. How does fish grease? He won't post her on social media. And she said, if he don't post her before this month is over, she's leaving.
0: Right. She said,
2: how does he treat you? <laughs> he treats me wonderful. He's the most best man I've ever had. But if he don't post me for social media, I'm leaving. I said, lady,
1: please. Stop. Stop. It blows my mind. It, 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 it blows my mind that the validation can come through just Posting a picture, uh, it it blows my mind, you know, and it can literally mean nothing to your partner. Like they could really just not want their face all over the internet, you know. But I can post my own picture. Why would I post somebody else? That, and that
2: you
0: was know? that was what we that was that, the, that was that's what we were saying, and we we also made the point that like. Usually, the significant other is posting enough for the both of us. We were both the same <laughs> like, why do, why do I need to post that I was there with you? Or we we were both in, in the screen together. You already posted us, right?
1: Especially <laughs> the other person isn't against you posting them, you know. Right?
2: You got my permission to post me anywhere. Anybody can post me anytime I go to a party, I know I'll be posted. Anytime I go to an event, I know I'm going to be posted. It ain't real complicated. I'm right. never tell anybody not to post me. I don't care about you posting me, but right. I'm not gonna post me. That's just me. You know what I mean? Everybody different. There's no right or wrong. See, I don't do right or wrong for nobody. If you feel like you need to take a picture of the food, just hurry up because I want to cut my steak. You feel
1: me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hurry and
2: take the picture.
1: <laughs> no, I, I'm not gonna lie. That's a that's a uh, pet peeve of mine. I, <laughs> I, especially if I'm paying too. I'm not. I'm not waiting on that.
0: You know. Yeah, you Wait. get it's like a uh I do a, a treat like a pitch count. Listen, when the food <laughs> comes out, you got 10, 15 seconds for me not to touch anything for you to do what you're gonna do after and, that. Like you listen, what <laughs> you gotta what that goes out. Like, listen, I'm
1: I'm digging in. And then again, it, it feeds into the bigger conversation we were having before. And I, I know Mr. Kenny probably has something to say about this. Like the bigger conversation of like when you go out now, it almost seems like most people are like photographers, right? They're most more focused on the photography of the night than actually enjoying the night, right? You can literally see people spend more time taking pictures, then they leaning up against the wall, posting them, then yeah. they need to come up with a nice caption. Then after they post it, they're gonna check and see who looked at it. And the being in the space with other people and connecting and all of that, all of that is lost, right? right. It's like you have to remember. We don't even have enough respect to, like, post about the night the next day. You know what I mean? So it's just you know, crazy. First, I was out at a restaurant, and I look
2: over, and I see this couple, and I know they're on a date, and both of them on their phones. So I lean over, and I say, excuse me, are y'all on a
0: date?
2: <laughs> I said, well, why not we on a date? We're texting each other.
0: Oh, um, Oh, wow.
2: I said, you're texting each other? I said, well, what's wrong with talking to each other? <laughs> They said go. we never look. No, seriously, they said we never thought about that, yeah. I gave my yeah. card. I see them now. You hear me? But it just blew my mind that that they didn't even think of talking to each other. They were texting each other because that's their generation. They were twenty-somethings. You mm-hmm. know, that's their generation.
0: It was. Um, I recently went to the um to the Roots picnic. The Dave Chappelle when he was at the Wells Fargo when he came and dave chappelle and like kevin hart and some of the like larger scale comedians what they do is that to protect their ip you can't take your phone inside obviously and you gotta yeah so you gotta put your phone in a pouch and I, I like you know of course they we get into the people watching thing and to actually see people engage with each other because they had no choice right you took away that that environmental stimuli right you took away that variable and now you have to focus on You know, I mean, the person that you're with, like I saw more based on like other comedy shows and concerts that I've been to. I saw more engagement with people that are sitting next to each other, people with the person that like total strangers. You didn't know each other, but you were more engaged in the show. You were more engaged with like the people sitting in front of you, behind you because you weren't distracted by your device. Right. You were more present, right? You were more aware of what was taking place. And you were able to enjoy what the show, what was going on. Like, it was, I, I'm hoping that more acts do this. Like, I know it's expensive to kind of have that contract and have to utilize that resource. But, like, just to see people actually engage in conversation, not waiting in line on the phone, like, you're talking, you see, it, it was a, it's a very interesting comparison to, like, kind of that norm that we just talked about, like, you're in a restaurant and you're not even having a conversation or engaging with the person that's in front of you. You see the man? So, Mr. Kenny, that this this has been amazing. Uh, we really appreciate you dropping the gems for us and our audience and our viewers. Um, before we get out of here, anything that you would like to absolutely advertise and tell people where they can find you, where they can reach you, uh, where they can get your services, please let them know.
2: Definitely, um, I'm the CEO of Next Level Talk Therapy LLC. You know, we do have some openings, you know what I mean? You can find me on uh, Instagram, you can find me on the on internet, in different places. You know, Conversation with the Kennies every other Sunday at 6 p.m. will be on this Sunday. You know, I encourage people to get therapy. Or I encourage people to really get therapy for themselves. Like, but even if your partner don't want to go, like a lot of women have come to me and the partner will say, my partner doesn't want to come to therapy. And then a month or two later, the partner will come and they'll say, I see the change in her from what y'all been talking about. And I want that, too. I want to get better, too. And that's what really touches my heart. You know what I mean? This is my passion. You know, this is my God gift to be able to help people. You know what I mean? And, and I really appreciate forms like yourself. You know what I mean? We have to have more of these so that we can help more people. Thanks that's for fair. having
0: me. That that's a really interesting. I'm really happy you mentioned that. I want to highlight that for the reason that when people will come and they say, Oh, I want us to come in for therapy, but my mate doesn't want to do it. He doesn't like talking or she doesn't like talking and such and such. That typically they utilize that's like a barrier. So now they won't even get the therapy. Right. They won't even, oh well, they don't want to go, so I'm not gonna go. And you're absolutely right. Like having an opportunity, well, if they don't want my mate doesn't want to go, then I'm gonna go. And then like you said, We know that it's been proven there's data there's when you are engaged in treatment or in therapy, right. You're going to become a better version of yourself, which is the whole goal of it. So then, yeah, that will prompt your significant other or your partner. Like, Hey, you know what? She hasn't been doing this or he hasn't been doing that anymore. Maybe I should get involved and so on and so forth. Right. They get to see what everything's going about. So you make an excellent point. I'm happy you brought that up. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, Appreciate you coming in. Everybody, please, please check out the conversation with the Kennys. He's dropping. You think this was something, everybody. Like, listen, when he's on there and Mr. Kenny, he starts cooking. All right. Even though, (laughs) you know, Ashley, who's a friend of the show. We love Ashley. We love Dr. Poole. So special acknowledgement to her. We'll hope to have her back here soon. You know, Dr. Dr. Poole tries to, you know, throw some things out there, you know, to Mr. Kenny to try to trap him up. But, you know, Mr. Kenny's an OG in the game. (laughs) <laughs> so, you, you know, he, he's sitting there waiting and listen.
2: Okay,
0: yeah. Yeah. He's there it. He listened the best. He's he be, he's countering Listen, He's looking like Mayweather out there with the defense. <laughs> listen, I'm trying to tell you, you know, he drops a gem. He represents us. And, um, he's absolutely so insightful with the information that he provides. Um, so thank you again for having us on there. Jay, um, shop mental health, guys. It's, it's hot outside. All right. Jay, is an entrepreneur who has not only you getting your mind right, but your closing right. So you can look good as your mental health is looking good. So we absolutely go out there, go to the website, go get some closing. All right. Cause it's hot sun's out guns out. All right. Jay, anything else before we get out of here?
1: Um, of course we want to thank Mr. Kenny. Um, hopefully it won't be the last time. Um, hope- hopefully we can get you back on very, very soon. We'll talk about that after soon after. Um, but as always, we want to thank anybody who takes the time out of their week, their busy schedule to listen. Um, we appreciate it. Um, appreciate all the feedback we get behind the scenes. Um, and yeah, I, I'm always humbled by the support and just always want to take the time to say thank you at the end of the hour. And um, my man, you know, Dr. Osborne, make sure you uh, make sure that you uh, promote Cammy's Closet before we get out of here. That's it for
0: me. Yes, absolutely. Cammy's Closet Community Clothing Project. We just um had a closing drop-off last week for a um for a family from um Penn. Penn, they're seeking like mental health services. And one of their social workers reached out to us a few weeks ago. We were able to provide some clothing to that client and their family. So that was a great situation. So the word's getting out. So uh, absolutely, those of you that are interested in, in supporting us, Kami's Closet.org. That's K-A-M-I-S Closet.org. Um, check us out, our community, Kami's Community Closet on all the different uh, social medias on Instagram, Facebook. Um, you know, just trying to pay it forward and making sure that we're supplying people that are in need of clothing with brand new um, clothing for them. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Continue with that. Continuing to grow. So and I'm going to echo everything that Dr. J said. We appreciate everybody tuning in YouTube on uh, Google podcast, Apple podcast, Pandora, Spotify. We guys appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, do not forget. Conversation with the Kenny's next level talk therapy with Mr. Kenny. This is how you do it, y'all. All right, gentlemen. Always a pleasure. All right. Bro. Later.